There's a really great quote that I use all the time, and that is that you need to make the important things measurable, not just the measurable things important. And we often I like that. I'm, I'm going I'm to steal that for now. Yeah, that we, and dirty data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Digital How To, a series of interviews with digital marketing experts on how business owners and marketers can discover ways to improve their interaction with consumers online. I'm your host, John Simpson, and in this episode, we're focusing on how to use marketing data to inform business decisions. If you want to participate in our live recordings and have your questions answered by guests, visit 2060digital.com DC and sign up for free to join in our live discussions. That's 2060digital.com DC. I'm joined by Patrick Butler, Director of Data and Analytics at 2060Digital and a leading expert in data science. Hey, Patrick. Hey, John. How's it going? I'm doing well. Happy to be in DC. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So one of the great things is I'm really excited here because this is a subject that a lot of people have, um, I guess, misgivings about, is that um, people know that data is important. It's one of the things that they know they need to look at, but they don't necessarily know how to actually leverage. So when we're thinking about how to actually approach data, people usually have some sort of business goal in mind. They're doing marketing because they want to choose some sort of um, bottom line. They want to sell more roofs. They want to have people download resources. They want more patience. There's usually some sort of why behind why they're paying for all this money for digital marketing in the first place. Mm -hmm. But even though their website and digital media platforms are spewing out a lot of data, it's hard to know what data is actually important. What should they pay attention to? Um, so my first question to you is, how do people actually use data to inform business decisions? I personally would hope the answer is they use it for all business decisions. That's fair. Just given the amount of, of, of data that's available today, it, it, it's hard to imagine somebody moving forward on pure gut instinct alone. Gut's certainly important to provide context to the decision that you're making, but you're going to want to look for data to back up um, whatever decision that is. Now, the question is, what does that data mean? And to maybe uncomplicate it a little bit, data is simply um, just information. So you can think about it as you're just using yesterday's information to help guide your future efforts. And speaking to those future efforts, the data that you're going to be using um, is going to be you know, intrinsically tied to whatever your goals are. So um, how are people using data to make business decisions? It really depends on the business decision itself. Um, hopefully what you're doing as you're planning for the future is you're collecting data that can be useful for whatever decision or analysis you need to make now or in the future. And to that point, every business has its own unique goals. Um, one small business organization can be different from a multi-million dollar conglomerate versus a nonprofit versus a public organization. Um, but all of them have the same pretty goal, pretty much goal, is that they're trying to get more people to do more stuff. What that stuff is and what matters to them can really shake out what metrics they need to pay attention to. So if I'm a business, what metrics should I pay attention to, whether it's on a website or whether it's through a digital marketing platform? Yeah. That's a great question. I, I get that all the time. And the most people already know the answer, but they don't realize it. When it comes to what metrics you're going to be paying attention to, 
um, it really it really makes the most sense to start with what your business goals are. So first take a look at your business model, and then try and back that into your marketing goals. And then from there, back that into a data goal. And then very quickly you can develop a data strategy. So for instance, if you are, um, if you are an e-commerce business and your goal is to, of course, just generate more sales online, um, that might be translated into a marketing goal of targeting a particular segment of people online. Let's just say, um, you know, uh, teenaged uh, boys shopping for sweaters. Um, Probably lack of a bad, Okay, yeah. So lack of, lack of a better example, but we'll, we'll go with that. Um, and then a data goal could be related to that. So it could be, you know, prospecting people within that demographic, trying to understand different trends and how you could reach certain people in that demographic in your marketing campaign. And then also um, looking at what that segment of users do when they reach your site. And then from there you translate it into a data strategy. So um, ultimately you want to make sure that you're firstly measuring all the important actions that segment is taking on your site. Understanding how they're behaving, what could be turning them away or, or presenting friction in their experience and um, using that information to test. I think that's one of the more important things when we think about metrics is that um, another follow-up question that I, I typically get in uh, response to the question of, um, of, of what metrics matter is uh, what metrics are good. And my response is typically, uh, it, it depends on what the other metrics are. Mm -hmm. um, You'd want to continually try and test against wherever you are right now and see if you can improve performance. So when I'm thinking about metrics, most of the time it's almost an afterthought. Is that I know I need to have this many sales within a month. I know that I need to make this many goals. But I'm not necessarily backing up from there as far as what data informs that customer journey or how it gets yeah. to that. Are there places I should be looking at for that data that you know that are fundamentally required for almost any organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, is, it, it is an unfortunate reality that usually measurement is an afterthought um, at, at times for some businesses when they want to answer a question or analyze a certain piece of data and they don't realize it's there because the infrastructure wasn't built around measuring um, you know, whatever they wanted to, to, to measure to, to make a decision on that. Um, so, if you are trying to ensure you don't get stuck in that sort of spot, uh, there's, a, there's a couple key things that I would point to. It's not comprehensive by any means, but there are common tools that most people use on, um, on their website specifically uh, to gather information on users and help them understand how their website is performing and, and how users are interacting with it. So, Google Analytics is probably the most common. Mm -hmm. um, some, some form of website analytics, I'd say, is a must. Um, examples are Google Analytics. I think there's, it's something like 90% of sites you know, have that installed. Um, there are alternatives uh, like Adobe Analytics, Open Web Analytics, Pywik, if I'm pronouncing that one correctly. Um, and then there's some other tools that you could use as well. Um, Google Search Console, which is previously named Google Webmasters, is a, is a really useful tool. It gives you information on your organic search data, so you're getting um, specifically the keywords that users are using to find you online. So you get a sense of how people think about you in their own language. 
Uh, SEO tools are helpful, such as SEM Rush. Um, tools that give you audience insights can be helpful. So uh, Quantcast is an example of that, as well as social tools like uh, Facebook. Um, and then from there, it, it, it kind of depends on you know, what else you need. So you could be looking at um, be looking at heat mapping tools if you're really trying to understand user experience um, and, and, and your, your website design. Um, you could be using things or you should be using things to measure your website speed and performance. Um, that's an often overlooked area that's very important. Um, you can be using tools to gather uh, user feedback. Um, uh, and the list really goes on and on. I would say the, the more fundamental pieces is, is start with Google Analytics, um, start with Google Search Console, um, and then try and understand what you're, you're looking to gather and mm -hmm. what you can ultimately make actionable and work with other tools from there. I wouldn't say go install all of them. Um, that's not a, a very strategic approach and can also... Um, kind of hurt your website speed and performance if you yeah. if you just plug everything in. And plus a side effect of that too is that a lot of people may install things so they hear, oh, this is really going to help my business, but they don't necessarily know how to use them too, or even not know how often to be looking at them too. Yeah. They install them and they think, all right, the job's done. I installed the metrics. I did what I needed to do. Um, I need to go back to my regular day to, when I actually have to execute everything because mm -hmm. I'm so worried about executing things. It's hard to actually then think about what happened in the end. If I'm a business owner or I'm someone doing marketing for a business, how often should I be looking at my marketing data? How often should I be um, thinking about how it's informing business? Is it every day? Is it every week? Is it every month? Is it quarterly? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give two answers. Okay. So I think that there are, there's two parts to what we're focused on right now. There's general monitoring of the usage of your website. Um, and then there's more specific like analysis or, or, or goals that you're trying to achieve. Like maybe it's like you're testing something. So um, general monitoring, I, I'd say, you know, all the time you should have like a good daily snapshot, usually in the form of like a dashboard or mm -hmm. a report that's emailed to you. That's something that I think you should always be um, wary of. Kind of like if you were investing in the stock market, you kind of want to know where it is at um, from a day-to-day -day basis. Now, um, the second part to that is how often are you going to take action on that data? So monitoring is things more just like, you know, your general traffic trends, um, general engagement with the site, sales, of that, things of that nature. But beyond that, you're going to want to take a deep dive into that data and do some analysis or, or try and um, you know, do some testing. So like conversion rate optimization is, is probably a good example of what might fall into the second category. Might be de designing landing pages um, and A-B testing their performance against each other. Mm -hmm. That is more of a um, depends answer. I'd say you'd want to be monitoring that as often as you can realistically be taking action on it. So if you have the traffic that could necessitate weekly changes or more frequent, then I'd say that's the answer there. But um, to summarize, general monitoring, you should always have some sort of insight into how your website's doing. And then um, dive deep into what else the data can offer you as often as you can take action on it. And one of the things that 
makes sense to start with, at least from a data perspective, is Google Analytics. Um, most, or even your website analytics as a whole, most people have Google Analytics. Some people have, like you mentioned, Adobe. Um, some people even have IBM. Um, God help you. Um, for everything else, it's a matter of once I actually have that information, um, and I may be looking at it on a regular basis, are there key things I should be looking at on a monthly basis that, that I know if there's a trend line going one way or another that's related to my website analytics I should be worried about, or things that I should just be highlighting, things to say that if I'm looking at my web analytics, you know, month or month, one thing I should be, or maybe five things I should be looking at. Yeah, yeah, I think um, some of the more basic metrics that, that people pay attention to that are important to be privy, uh, privy to are things like sessions, um, you know, how, how many users are, are coming to your site, mm -hmm. um, what, what bounce rates are typically like, especially on landing pages, you know, you want to understand how they're performing and how they are helping you acquire new customers mm -hmm. to your uh, to your business through your website um, you want to be taking a look at you know, things like conversions and sales as mm -hmm. best as you can measure them on your website those are that's probably really the most important answer to that question um, and, and, and actually on that point as far yeah. as conversions is what's a conversion mean to me versus another organization um, if I'm within, you know, some sort of website analytics piece, is it something that just comes out of the box that Google knows what's a conversion, or is it something I actually have to go in and help set up? Um, there's uh, the answer to that can be both, but really you should be going in and setting it up. There is um, there's one caveat to that, which is why I said both. There is something called smart goals in which Google counts a conversion anytime a session that is deemed high quality occurs on a website, but let's put that aside and focus on what really matters to your business, and that's um, actions that create business value for you. So you should be going in and setting up uh, the parameters that will track whenever those actions occur. And I would add to that that sometimes people would think that's just the sale, that might not be the case. Um, if a sale happens on your website, that's great. But sometimes it's also somebody reaching out through, um, you know, like a like a form, and you're capturing a lead that way, um, or you know, some other means that communicate that they're interested in making a purchasing decision. And then also track the behaviors that lead up to that. So in a way, you can start thinking about the different paths or funnels that users tra travel through to eventually make a meaningful action um, for your business. And that's something that's really important too for any digital marketing is that it's very rare that I see uh, display banner advertise my phone and say, all right, now I'm gonna sign up for a mortgage. Yeah. Um, or it's rare where I'm gonna see uh, a social media advertisement and say, all right, now I'm gonna buy that house or now I'm gonna really enroll in this insurance program. Uh, usually people engage with a uh, call to action multiple times before they're actually going to engage with something. Is that something that's available within these different platforms to actually see how these different marketing tools are interacting with each other? Yes, yeah, there, it, that is a, a whole domain, if I'm, I'm catching this correctly, that is um, called like multi-touch attribution mm -hmm. um, and, and trying to understand the multi-channel experience that users travel through online to get to that final conversion point. That, uh, there, Google Analytics does have some capabilities around that that will allow you to understand 
um, different elements of that multi-channel experience. Mm -hmm. Not every piece of data is also created equally, as we know. Is that something that makes sense for um, organic search engine traffic may be very different from a social media ad. So how do I weigh metrics based upon what I'm actually paying for? What part of the consumer journey they're actually affected by? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. It in a way relates back to that idea of, or that question rather, of is this metric good? And the, to your point, if a user is coming through separate channels, they may act diff or interact differently with the website. So for instance, we may see higher bounce rates on one channel than another because their experience is different. Um, ultimately, I'd say, understand the different user experiences that may be occurring as somebody travels through one channel. If somebody's coming in because they clicked on a display ad, it's a very different experience than if they searched for your name on a search engine and came in you know, directly mm -hmm. to your website through an organic search channel. So weighing that, understand the differences between channels, and then the follow-up point I'd add is always test. So you may even say, well, is the bounce rate for this display channel good? Maybe. More importantly, test that against, um, say, another landing page. And use those A-B tests as a way to continually learn and improve your performance on your website. And something else that I want to touch on is that you mentioned earlier dashboards. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, we're talking about a lot of different pieces of data, not just on your website, but as we talked about, different solutions, uh, different marketing channels, even A-B testing. Is there a way that I can look at everything within one dashboard, quote-unquote dashboard, um, myself? Is it something that I would actually need to hire someone to build? Um, how complicated, and I know this is also a very vague question as well, but it's great. Um, how far down the rabbit hole do I even need to do if I'm honestly just looking at it on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really is a great question because we hear that from clients all the time at 2060. Um, we, when, when we ask clients how we can help them, and data and analytics, oftentimes the response that we receive is, can you just simplify all of this for me and help me focus on what's most important? And we do that. We create dashboards for our clients. It is something that you can do yourself if you so choose. Also, if you have a marketing partner like 2060 Digital, they should be able to help you with that as well. As their partner, they should be able to communicate what's most important to um, to pay attention to, what to take action on, and what that means to your business. So something that a lot of people tell us is that they have online data, which, you know, great, they're looking at, they're looking at regularly, they know what they want, fantastic. But the biggest problem that they have is that not everything's online. A lot of the times then people, sales folks, um, are picking up calls. Um, they're answering customer inquiries, or they're sending out direct mail. How do they know what's happening online then translates to a sale when not everything is actually being tracked online? That's a great question. The, the link between offline and online is something that, as marketers, we're always trying to pursue. And there's a number of ways that we can answer a question like that. I'd say if somebody has a sale or conversion that occurs offline, but you're doing a lot of online marketing and advertising, 
One of the more common and, and I'd say basic ways that people will, will go about trying to, to track that activity is measuring as far down the conversion path as they possibly can. So if you are a SaaS company, it would be measuring maybe to that final lead form that somebody or a, a prospect would complete before a salesperson hops on the phone with them and, and, and then finishes the rest of that sales process. Knowing then the ratios between uh, how many lead forms need to be completed to one sale being completed is a useful means of making that link between you know, online activity and offline sales. Now, the more advanced um, way to approach this is to use your offline data to link it to what online data we have available. You can look to your par a partner um, to help you in in enrich your data um, or do some sort of like identity resolution to know exactly who you're targeting online and then who is converting offline. One common means that advertisers will also use that I'll, I'll just kind of add as a footnote is that uh, many will use their offline data to fuel their online marketing prospecting. So you could use CRM data to find more people who look like the customers you're already targeting and then trying uh, as best as possible to measure um, you know, the, the links between the two. We've been talking about a lot of great things about you know, how often I should be looking at metrics, what kind of metrics are important, but when we're thinking about in more practical terms from your own experience, what are some examples of how data has actually helped businesses inform what they should be doing with their marketing? How are some examples of how you've actually helped the people so then you know, the people listening today can actually get some information as what their next step is? Yeah, yeah. In 2060, we help clients um, through their entire data life cycle, I'd call it. The first thing that we always do before we get started is we do some form of an audit to understand what they're collecting, how they're collecting data, and what data they're using to make decisions currently. Oftentimes, we'll uncover things right then and there that will change um, anything else they do with data. Maybe it's that data is not being collected in the way that they thought they, uh, that, that it is, or they have really dirty data and we can help clean up their data collection uh, processes to give them higher quality data that can inform what they do. So the first thing that we do is we, we do an audit and we implement ways for them to, say, track new things um, or collect data in new ways or, or new areas that can help inform how they think about their customers, how they connect with their customers, and ultimately how their business is performing online. So after audit and implementation, we do um, more so uh, like the, the different things that would constitute like reporting. So we help them monitor, right? We build those dashboards. We help them get that, that, that continuous view of how their website's performing and how they're connecting with their customers online. And then beyond that, we'll do some more advanced analysis. We'll dive deep into the data, we'll segment their customers, and we'll understand how different groups of customers interact with their business online. And from there, we can do a whole number of different things that help them make decisions about how to improve their business online and how to make their advertising campaigns more effective. Whether it's conversion rate optimization, um, whether it is uh, switching up how they, how they segment their customers and, and target prospects online, um, or you know, e even if it is just helping them gain a better picture of who their audience is, who their market is, so that they can be more uh, efficient and effective in their marketing and advertising. 
whether it's online or offline. So we're about out of time, and I want to make sure we get this last question in. If I'm walking away from today's webinar and there's one thing that you recommend that people do um, out of the gate, I'm, I'm done, I, I've learned all these new things, what should I take away from this webinar as the best next step around data? Yeah, yeah, I'd say the first thing that would be important is to take the, conte uh, the context that you have on your business and make it more actionable from a data perspective. And everyone watching this webinar can do that. It's, um, you're the expert in your business, so you can, in the ways I, I laid out before, you can start with uh, your business goals, back it into marketing goals, and then understanding what data you'd need to help you understand how well you're hitting those goals. So I, I'd say do that planning process. That's really important to understand how the data you're collecting online informs your business strategy and helps you um, implement a successful business model. As you're doing that, I'd, I'd really encourage people to think about um, or just get, be really focused on what their business model is. There's a really great quote that I use all the time, and that is that you need to make the important things measurable, not just the measurable things important. And we oftentimes- I like that, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna steal that for now on. Yeah, that we, and dirty data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We oftentimes use that because, heck, in Google Analytics, there's a lot of data that's available. In all the other tools I mentioned, there's more. It's easy to drown in, in a sea of data and then get caught chasing metrics that really don't matter. So that's another thing that's really important. The last thing that I'd highlight, and, and this to me is one of the core principles of marketing, it often gets overlooked, and it, it really, I can't even stress how important it is, is experiment. Test new things. Um, always be testing. Look to ways that you can uh, improve your business through testing new things, because the worst outcome of a new experiment or a new test is that you learn something new about your customers. So we talked a lot about Google Analytics, uh, but Google Analytics can't measure everything. It's, it's a great tool, but it's not perfect. Um, most of the time, you can only track stuff that happens on your website. And even then, Google Analytics is going to track everything. Um, something that we talk to a lot of our clients about is Google Tag Manager. Um, can you go a little bit into why Google Tag Manager is important, why I would want to implement it or not implement it? How do I build it into my overall digital performance uh, reports? Yeah, great question. So Google Tag Manager is a tool that, not to be redundant, helps you implement tags. And the reason that it can be useful with Google Analytics is because it allows you to implement the Google Analytics tag in a non-technical way, so to speak. So for instance, normally if you need Google Analytics installed, you need to call up your web developer and have them place a tag. Now if you have something else you want to track that's not being tracked out of the box in Google Analytics, you need them to add more to your website. What's now, an example of like what's not out of the box? Yeah, yeah, so to that point, uh, Google Analytics is really useful, but it, it often requires some sort of tailoring to what you're trying to measure and the conversions you want to be tracking. A good example of something that is not tracked out of the box that you may want tracked is things like, well, they're called events, and events could be anything from somebody interacting with a video on your website to scrolling through a blog post 
to clicking off-site where they may be purchasing something on a totally different site, um, and the list goes on. Yeah, and I know something that we run into more often than not is that someone has a form on their page, and usually Google Analytics says, all right, if someone goes to this thank you page, that's gonna be a conversion. Sometimes people just don't have thank you pages, so a lot of the times when you have a Google Tag Manager, it's just to see if someone filled out a form to begin with, rather than saying, watch another URL. So it's something that, you're right, usually does need some other um, implementation, but hopefully it's something that um, you get your web uh, developer or webmaster actually implement. Yeah, so then for us, it's really easy to work with Google Tag Manager because it offers a simple way for us to modify and add tags to a website to ensure we're collecting everything that our clients want to be measuring. It allows the clients also the opportunity to see how their tags are, are, are configured, modify them if necessary, add a tag to the website in a really easy fashion that requires very little to no coding experience in most cases. So something else we talked about briefly was website speed is that it's something that's often overlooked but is really important. Um, how, why is it overlooked and why is it important? Oh, man, yeah, it, it, that's a huge point to stress. It is vitally important to the user experience, and that user experience is what really helps dictate if somebody's going to buy or not. Mm -hmm. When somebody lands on your website, it's their first impression, and you want to be leaving a good one. Users these days are impatient, for lack of a better word. You really have, you know, any, anywhere from a fraction to a second to just, you know, a second or two to really make a good first impression. And if that first impression is that your website doesn't load, oftentimes users will bounce out and not interact with your website at all. Yeah, so, so often we're worried about whether it actually fits a certain style guide, it's interactive, um, but obviously the user experience is that we just need it to load fast. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's that's incredibly important. You want your website to load fast. It helps move users through whatever sales funnel that you have in a more efficient way. And if you think about, let's say, you have a series of, of three forms that somebody needs to complete in order for them to, to actually convert. At each point in that funnel, there's going to be drop-off. And the more friction there is in that process, the more drop-off that you have, the more missed opportunities that occur, and the faster your website is, the less friction you create. So it's really important to have a, a, a website that's usable, and that means that it performs quickly. And the last thing I want to ask before you have to go is um, something that a lot of people struggle with is one-page summaries, is executive reports is that Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, whatever you're using offers so much information that if your boss is knocking on your door and saying, hey, the board's meeting, you know, we need whatever information you have, you know, come on, Jones, this is gonna be the end of it for you if you don't fulfill, we need, what does that person do? The idea is, you know, how do they distill all this information into some sort of executive summary? Yeah. There are some general traffic and engagement metrics that I, I think are good to understand um, at, at, I'd say, like in the, in the context of a trend. So you should know, you know over the past 
you know, 90 days to say 12 months. Is traffic increasing? Is it decreasing? And understand the, the big metrics like sessions, user count, page views, things like that. Understand them at like a directional level. So knowing you know, in what direction are they moving over time. From there, I'd really focus on conversions. You, you want to know what are the important actions that users are, are doing on your website. And report on those as, as much as you can. Um, you'd like to know, ideally, what that landing page experience is. So that's kind of like the, that first impression. How well are you, how, how well um, are, are you capturing <clears throat> users once they come to your website? Um, what are they interacting with once they're on your site? So like top categories of, of pages or mm-hmm. top pages in particular. And then uh, how do they leave? You know, are they usually leaving with a conversion? Um, are, are they exiting before that? So I, I'd say the general traffic trends, uh, landing page experience is a really important one. Conversions, sales, all of that is, of course, that's the, the why you track everything. And then if there is, say, any room at all on that one-page report, not to add too many things. It's a very big one-page. Yeah, so far it's getting bigger. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, you should know how uh, the different areas of your site are being used. So, you know, like top pages, top, top sections, things like that. Fantastic. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much. You can also subscribe to Digital How-To Podcasts through your favorite podcast player to get a new episode delivered to you right when it's available. And don't forget, you can get more resources on how to grow your business online by visiting our page at 2060digital.com slash DC. Thank you again for joining, and we look to see you on the next time on the Digital How-To.